Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Happy okay-ish Wednesday. Thanks so much for being here with me today on our 50th 5-0 episode. I cannot even believe it. I think, you guys, I don't even remember what I've talked about for the past 49 episodes. I cannot believe it, but it's so exciting. And so I'm thankful that you're here with me today. And just a reminder, it would be really helpful if wherever you're listening to this right now, you could just hit that subscribe button because, you know, the the internet likes that. All right. So today, let's talk coping skills. I've talked about coping skills before, but I needed a full episode on it. Something something reminded me the other day, which I'll get into in a minute, that I need to talk about coping skills, which I'm sure we've all heard of. And so today I'm actually going to talk about like the misconceptions of coping skills, and then I'm going to give three tips on how to actually you know, use coping skills the right way. Today's episode is brought to you by Daydreamer Studios. Do you have stories and expertise to share with the world? Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? There's no better time to start than now with the help of a trusted production partner. Daydreamer Studios is a full-service production company that takes all the stress off of your plate. You can just focus on creating engaging content while they focus on the recording, editing, audio engineering, hosting, and publishing on 22 different platforms. So easy, log into the advanced remote system with one click and the Daydreamer team will be on the other end ready for you to record everything you have to say. Owned and operated by Daydreamer Network, the producer of this podcast, Daydreamer Studios continues on the company's mission to empower storytellers of all kinds by making podcasting accessible to all. For more information and current promotions, visit daydreamernetwork.com slash studios. So part of the reason I want to talk about this is because earlier this week, I, someone came into my office and said, I'm just coming to therapy because I just need some coping skills. And that's like a really common thing that people say when they first come into therapy. And there's nothing wrong with wanting coping skills. Um, but it's like therapy is not just like telling you to use coping skills. I am sure we have all seen on Instagram or Pinterest, or maybe we've Googled it, like lists of a hundred coping skills. We all know them, right? I also, another thing I like that drives me crazy with that are when people ask me, like, well, you're a therapist. What coping skills do you use? 
And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what coping skills I use. It matters what works for you. But we'll get into that in a second. Okay, so let me explain a little bit of why I'm talking about this and what I'm talking about. We all have coping skills. Whether they're healthy or not, we have them. We somehow survive in this world, so we must have some type of coping skill. And I've mentioned this in previous episodes. I've mentioned this when I talk about anxiety and trauma in the past, because a lot of the time, coping skills actually make things worse. So for example, let's say someone is using alcohol to cope, right? It helps us cope with things. That can make whatever is going on that we need to cope with worse. There's these coping skills referred to as safety behaviors, So if someone has a, you know, social anxiety disorder, they get very anxious in social situations, well, they may use the coping skill of avoiding social situations, or aka a safety behavior of avoiding social situations because they don't want to feel anxious. Now, yeah, sure, that helps with anxiety for the moment, but that doesn't solve anxiety. That's not going to make them less socially anxious. My job is to take away those safety behaviors, which can actually be a super difficult part of my job because we want to hold on to these behaviors because to some extent they've helped us, right? They've helped to keep us going. They've helped us to not have panic attacks. They've helped us to, you know, not go punch our boss or whatever it may be. These coping skills have helped us not to fall apart, But they often become a way to enable and prolong the underlying problem. And usually the underlying problem, not all the time, but usually it's anxiety, depression, trauma, things like that. And so it just drives me crazy when people come into my office and they're like, I just need some coping skills. And I'm like, actually, you probably just need some different coping skills and more awareness about what's actually going on, the underlying problem. So it's important to look at that with ourselves, right? And so like very common coping skills are journaling, taking a walk, uh, going to the gym, doing yoga. All of those are healthy behaviors and we'll get into that in a minute. But if we're doing those things in order to avoid how we're actually feeling, that's not helpful. If I have a social anxiety disorder and I don't like going in social situations because my anxiety is triggered, and so I say, no, I'm going to stay home and take a bubble bath and do self-care, and people are like, oh, that's a great coping skill, There's a problem with that because what that's doing is it's avoiding the real problem, the real issue at hand, and it's prolonging it. You know, so with the example I just gave, we we are in this, this like self-help era that we're in is often just trying to add coping skills to distract ourselves. And don't get me wrong, distraction can be useful and sometimes distraction is necessary But that doesn't solve problems. I was talking to somebody the other day about who was talking about how they were baking a lot during 
the COVID-19 shutdown. And they were like, well, wasn't everyone baking a lot? Like, wasn't everyone baking a lot? It's a coping skill. And it's like, no, like that was a distraction skill that was good because we needed to distract ourselves from what was going on in the world for sure. But that doesn't solve anything. It often prolongs problems. Recently, I read an article in a Very Well Mind about how as human beings in any situation, we tend to add to solve problems rather than distract because we're hardwired to do this, right? Add more food, add more resources to provide us safety. We tend to measure our value based on what we have, right? Job, money, success, family. And so the article that I was reading was actually talking about adding in corporate settings. Like sometimes the problem isn't that you need to add employees or add tasks or add this. Sometimes we need to subtract things to solve the problems, but people tend to add. And this really struck a nerve with me because I see that with the people who come in and say, I just need some coping skills. Just give me some coping skills. That's just trying to add something to solve problems. Probably because it's easier to add than subtract. Who wants to subtract things in their lives? I mean, I know I don't. And it would be easier that way. It would be nicer that way. You know, all these I see online all the time, and I think there's books written about like, you know, adding five minutes of journaling to your day will change your life. Adding a morning routine, adding a nighttime routine, adding 30 minutes of exercise, adding this, adding that. Oh my gosh, it's exhausting. But often, we need to subtract. Maybe subtract people from our lives. Maybe subtract old, unhealthy coping skills. Maybe subtract or give up some of our negative, maladaptive thinking or behavioral patterns or whatever it is. And so we need to change our thinking around that, around that adding, just give me a coping skill to feel better versus subtracting. And another another reason that coping skills I have a love-hate relationship with, <laughs> if I haven't given enough reasons already, I'm going to add another one, and that's, <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. Feelings are meant to be felt. So if we are coping, and I say coping in quotes right now, in order to avoid feeling our feelings, guess what? Those feelings don't go away. They just get buried and come out in different, less productive ways. Sometimes this, these, this era of coping skills sends this message of, what can I do to immediately get rid of this feeling? And that's not how feelings work. If we are using coping skills to avoid, that's actually harmful. Not only is it not helpful, but it's actually harmful. Wouldn't it be better if we could like know how to feel our feelings without having to avoid them? I mean, that sounds good to me. And, you know, this coping skills situation also relates to my podcast episode about toxic positivity. Oh, gosh. You guys know how much that drives me crazy. But, like, hello, 
People just say, well, add going to the gym and you'll feel better. Add this in your schedule and routine and you'll feel better. That is such an overgeneralization, right? Or like, oh, you're struggling? You just need to implement your coping skills. Talk about being like dismissive and invalidating. Holy cow. So I hope that I've kind of gotten the point across that coping skills are not as great as we think they are. And again, like I said in the beginning, we all have coping skills and even unhealthy coping skills. It's important to recognize that they have helped us in some way, but they may no longer be helping us or serving us. So let me flip to the other side and talk about how to actually use coping skills without getting into that nasty cycle of avoiding our feelings and perpetuating problems, increasing anxiety, that kind of thing. All right. So the first thing, the first way to actually use coping skills is to recognize that sometimes we got to use them. Sometimes we need to avoid our feelings. We just do. Sometimes feelings are too much to handle. And if we don't know how to handle them or not in a place to handle them, we kind of just have to like white knuckle through it in any way we can using any coping skill or distraction that we can. This should not be a goal or a long-term solution, but sometimes this happens, right? Sometimes we are not in a good emotional space and we got to pull it together because we're at work or, you know, we're in front of the kids or whatever it may be. So despite all my issues with coping skills, sometimes we got to avoid our feelings because that's unfortunately how life works. As long as we can recognize that that is not a goal nor a long-term solution, right? As long as we can circle back to the feeling, circle back to get to the underlying issue. All right, so the second way to actually use coping skills is, I mentioned this a few minutes ago, healthy activities that are often referenced to as coping skills. Journaling, meditating, yoga, gym, deep breathing, baths, talking to a friend, taking a walk, whatever. Those are all awesome things. Those are great activities to do, great ways to spend our time. But if you can get to the point where when you can recognize if you're doing it to avoid or just doing it because you enjoy doing these things and they help you feel good, now that's a game changer. Because you guys, avoiding feelings does not work. Maybe for like five minutes, but not long term. Those feelings don't go away. Because those feelings are like, hey, I'm meant to be felt, damn it. You're going to feel me somehow or another. So recognizing the difference of, okay, I'm not in a place of tip number one. I'm not in a place where I just got to like white knuckle my way through this and avoid my feelings. But I'm in a place where I want to go do this because I enjoy it. Or I'm in a place where I am doing this because I'm trying to avoid feelings or avoid situations or use it as an excuse or whatever. Not good. Not healthy at all. My example with social anxiety disorder. Sometimes is someone with social anxiety disorder not going to be able to go out in public and have to avoid it? 
Yeah, sometimes that's going to happen. But doing that all the time, avoiding it, making excuses, is that just making the problem of social anxiety disorder worse? Yep. Yes, it certainly is. All right. And then the the third and last thing I want to share you share with you of how to actually use coping skills without avoiding or stuffing our feelings is recognize your feelings. Literally so much of what I do in the therapy room is like feelings identification and awareness. So recognize your feelings. So if I know I'm anxious and I know why I'm anxious and I've processed through that emotion, I know where it's coming from, I know what would help it, I've accepted the emotion, all that good stuff. And I also know that journaling helps me feel less anxious, then great. That's awesome. Right? But if I start to feel anxious and say, nope, I have no tolerance for this feeling. I can't handle it. I have to use coping skills to avoid, avoid, avoid. No, 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 no. That's not, that's just not going to make it go away. It's just not a long-term solution. And I get it. We can't walk around being anxious all the time. This insert any feeling here. I'm just using anxiety because it's a good example. So like we can't walk around feeling anxious all the time. Sometimes we're going to have to avoid, like I said, sometimes we're going to have to use certain coping skills. We don't want to be having panic attacks in public all the time, things like that. But if I'm able to recognize that I'm anxious, then I'm going to be more able to understand that emotion, understand why I'm feeling that way, understand that Yeah, feeling it is uncomfortable, but feelings are meant to be felt. And I'm not avoiding that feeling. Instead, I'm working through it. Coping skills often force us to go, push us, I should say, to go around the feeling. Literally, the only way to process feelings is to go through them. If we're able to go through them, use healthier coping skills, be able to talk about it, process it, understand it, where it's coming from, what anxiety looks like for you, all of that. You guys, that's that's doing feelings right. So yes, it's better to cope than fall apart. But as long as we all know that that's a Band-Aid. And I think we all also need to recognize that if we can participate in healthy activities, obviously, but can also recognize, process, and not avoid our feelings, but rather feel them, that's when we'll actually be okay-ish. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, 
head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.